Health Matters with Karen Key. And a very good evening to you from tonight's edition of Health Matters. Well, the last time we discussed noise-induced hearing loss and tinnitus, which is that ringing or buzzing or roaring you sometimes get in your head, with Professor Bart Fink, head of the Department of Communication Pathology and Audiology at the University of Pretoria, was in July in 2012. So I thought it was about time I invited him to join us again so you could have the opportunity to speak with him directly. Well, when he joined us the last time, most of the responses related to tinnitus and this is something that Professor Fink is very familiar with. He started the first tinnitus clinic in Belgium and launched a European-awarded hearing conservation program called Hearing Coach. He's author of more than 70 international publications and he lectures across the world. Professor Fink, good evening. Welcome back to the show. It's been a long time. Nice to have you with us this evening. If you have any questions for Professor Fink about hearing or hearing loss, you can call us on 0892102010. Prof, the last time we spoke, the one thing that I was very concerned about was the noise-induced hearing loss, and we chatted very much about youngsters with those iPod things stuck in their ears. Are we still seeing this? Because I mean, we spoke almost two years ago. Is the problem getting any better? And I think what parents need to understand is if your child loses hearing at that age, that's it. It's not going to come back. Not at all. The other frightening thing I remember from the last time we spoke was I think you told me you took some students to the movies and you said that if we were going to be practical about this and not damage our hearing, we should have left the movie theater after about 10 minutes. Yes, but what, what I did was when I was in, in Europe in December, um, we did a measurement in The Hobbit, the last uh, movie. Oh, and don't tell me that. I've just been to see it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's depending on the movie theater, of course, but... In that specific movie theater, we were doing a measurement and we found the average value about 120 decibels. That's actually a very dangerous level in which about five minutes after being in such a room, the hair cell starts to become damaged. And uh, what, but is, is that permanent now if you're going off to the movies? Um, so we've been off to see The Hobbit. It's 100 and whatever it was decibels. And you say they start being damaged five minutes after you leave the theater. Well, the, in the, during the movie, actually, these little hair cells, and they are, you can compare them with grass in your garden, huh? they start to become floppy. That means they become dizzy, and uh, they, they, if you continue the exposure for a longer time, they become damaged. And about one out of four people inside that room 
have a high susceptibility to develop damage. So you can expect that listening, uh, watching that movie for two and a half hours about, um, about one out of four people coming outside the theater will develop noise-induced hearing, will have noise-induced hearing loss due to the fact that they were in that room. But now on companies and movie theaters being told this i mean are they not aware that they're, they're doing this to their pe- the people that are coming there no unfortunately the legislation today is most of the time for workers like what we are doing we're doing a lot of studies in the south african mining industry where there are quite good regulations people are protected they have to wear hearing protectors so in the professional environments there is good legislation they are specific criteria workers must protect themselves uh, against the dangerous sound levels but for recreational hearing loss there is no legislation at all should there be there should definitely be and if you see the amount of decibels that young children are exposed nowadays is actually comparable to the amount of the sound levels down in the mines because if you, if you take into consideration that they go to music festivals, they go to a movie theater, they wear their iPods or smartphones several times a week, the total sum of all these exposures will be actually more than what a steel em- uh, em- employee uh, actually will uh, be exposed to uh, in South Africa. So what should parents be doing here? Because otherwise, you know, little Johnny is going to be the only one that doesn't have his iPod stuck in his ear. So, I mean, what do you do? Well, the, the, the first important thing is, of course, that we learn society that too loud is not good, so that we have to reduce volumes. Uh, and all of us must do that. If we go to a concert in Monte Casino, you see it's very loud. We have to learn also technicians to reduce the volume, uh, that, that it can be dangerous. The other thing is that we all have to wear normal headphones. The dangerous thing with youngsters nowadays is that we are selling them a lot of these inside earphones, these earbuds that are sold together with smartphones and iPods. And we must realize that the closer you bring the sound to your ear, the more damage will will it give to the ear itself. So you must take the sound further away from the body. So for that, a normal headphones are the best uh, the best choice uh, that you can do. So the headphones that I'm wearing, for example, which are those big round ones yes. that cover the side of your head effectively, yes. um, those are okay? They, those are perfectly fine. And if you go on the streets in Belgium, where I did a lot of change in the legislation, you will not see any earbuds anymore. All youngsters wear these red, yellow, pink uh, headsets, even young children, uh, will uh, even uh, children of two, three years old, you will have them in all colors and sizes, but no earbuds anymore. So it could be quite a fashion statement then, these yes, nicely, def- brightly colored headphones. Definitely. Uh, so if you're listening out there and you're a parent, you know, don't, don't worry about that. Try and convince your child that we're making more of a fashion statement by having brightly colored headphones and having iPod buds stuck in their ears. And they'll also be able to hear for a lot longer. Yeah, and the other thing is if, if children attend the music festival or they go to the movies, that, that they should have one day of rest, huh? that they, they, they do not attend the festival and the evening afterwards they go to the movie theater. That's not a good idea. You must actually, after being exposed, 24 hours rest is actually um, recommended. So no iPods in the ears, no movie theaters, no nothing for 24 hours after they've yes. been to a loud event. Yes, 
And would that include going to the movies? I mean, would you also have a, a break after that as well? Well, or should you? Well, it, it's it's actually shocking, but we are measuring at the moment children movies like Disney movies and all these things. Actually, they have the same sound levels as action movies. Oh, really? So you should, you might think that uh, 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 these children movies, actually, these animation movies, actually should produce less sound levels, but it's just the opposite. They produce very high sound levels. So they are also very dangerous. I mean, I remember back when we had the Soccer World Cup here in 2010 and people were concerned about the, the level of the noise due to the vuvuzelas. And so people were going to the games with those sort of earplug things. Mm -hmm. You could buy them at the chemist. Should we be putting those in our ears when we go to the movies, do you think? Would that help? It's a, well, it, it will help, but of course it's the opposite world. Eh? Why not reduce the sound yes. level? <laughs> or why, why not force these people who are inside the technical room to reduce the sound levels. Well, until um, they do, maybe we should stick some earplugs in our ears. Yeah, but <laughs> the thing is, the thing is that, that we are in a vicious circle uh. because loud sounds uh, give us, gives us a kick. That means our heartbeat increase, blood pressure raises, and we actually feel better the moment that we listen to loud music. So it's a little bit of a drug, and we get addicted to the loud sound. But of course, the body increases the heartbeat not just to inform us that it becomes dangerous but we experience it as it's nice well we're going to just take a bit of a break prof and we're going to cross up cross now to mo ali he's at chan 2014 and the match between gabon and burundi at the peter macabre stadium in polakwani mo good evening nice to chat with you again how's it going there very good evening to you karen uh, not quite as uh colorful as and noisy as last night uh, when we saw, saw the Ethiopian fans out in full force and joined by the Bloemfontein Celtic colleagues but a uh, decent crowd in at the uh, Peter Mokaba Stadium it's a full moon in uh, Polokwane as well unfortunately no goals as yet we've had uh, 13 minutes in the second half it's a very young Burundian side a few 18 year olds and a few 19 year olds in the uh, lineup as well and uh, they've uh, done well to hold the more experienced uh, Gabonese side to a goalless situation although the Gabonese have had the, the better of the chances particularly in the first half when uh, Daniel Cousin the 36 year old uh, veteran captain who had spells in uh, Europe with the uh, Glasgow Rangers and Hull City among other teams he had a very good chance uh, that was smothered by uh, the 18 year old goalkeeper for Burundi and uh, also two headers uh, that were cleared off the line from uh, Edward Moyele the uh, left back uh, for Gabon referee for this evening incidentally is uh, South Africa's Victor Gomez but uh, at the moment it is still goalless and if you missed the action earlier on in Group D it was the Democratic Republic of Congo 2009 champions they beat uh, newcomers B Mauritania by a goal to nil and that goal coming from the penalty spot netted by Eddie Emomo uh, just after half time so uh, coming up to the hour mark in uh, Polokwane in this uh, second Group D game it's uh, Gabon nil Burundi nil Muhammad Ali for SFM Sport. And thanks, Mo. We'll catch up with him a little bit later, hopefully, to get the final score. You're listening to Health Matters on SAFM. I'm Karen Key, and this evening we're joined in studio by Professor Bart Fink, Head of the Department of Communication Pathology and Audiology at the University of Pretoria, and we're discussing hearing problems. If you have any questions about anything to do with your hearing, you can call us on 0892 10 2010, 0892 10 
2010. Prof, before we went to the break, we were talking about noise-induced hearing loss. And I mentioned at the beginning we were also going to be talking about tinnitus, which is that ringing and buzzing noise we sometimes get in our head. Is that related in any way to loud noises or is that something completely different? No, one of the most important reasons for uh, tinnitus is actually uh, noise-induced hearing loss. So the first sign that you actually damage your ears due to noise is tinnitus, is that beep tone or noise that you hear in a constant beep tone or noise that you hear in your ears. And that's due to uh, a lot of times, it's been about 40-50% of the cases, people with tinnitus have it due to exposure uh, to loud noises. Can it be due to anything else, or is it just that? No, it, tinnitus can be uh, due to uh, trauma, infections. It can be due to a lot of reasons. Um, but the main reason is actually um, a damage of the ear, of the inner ear, these little hair cells that get damaged. And they can be damaged due to noise and due to age, or they can damage, uh, for instance, due to the fact that you take some medication. For instance, the most important uh, drug that you can take that produces tinnitus is aspirin. Aspirin that is often given to, to patients who have a cardiovascular a heart problem. Sometimes they give... Professor Fink, the line seems to... Professor Fink, are you still with me? I'm, oh, I'm there you are. Hello, there. I thought we lost you there for a moment. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying people were given aspirin for cardiovascular problems. Well, uh, these people that are taking uh, high doses of aspirin that will also be ne uh, given negative reaction inside the ear and will produce uh, a long-term be uh, beep tone or noise inside the ear of these uh, clients. If they stop taking the aspirin, will, it, will the buzzing noise go away or is that it then? Well, that's the tricky point of tinnitus. Tinnitus is actually what I call a psychosomatic disease. So it has two phases. The first phase is the fact that you damage these little hair cells. And the second phase is actually the fact that people start to get focused on that sound. So the moment that you get scared and feel or think that the sound will not go away anymore, people uh, get very afraid. And by doing that, they are actually amplifying that sound even more. So they get trapped in a vicious circle and on the long term, even if the sound disappears in their ears, the brain still remembers the sound and the sound is there forever. So what can you do? Because this could become quite debilitating if people have this constant noise in their head. Yes, I've seen many clients uh, committing suicide even um, for the fact that they couldn't stop the sound in, in their ears. Um, it's very important that people must understand there is a treatment. There is a cure for tinnitus. There is no cure for hearing loss, but there is a definite cure for tinnitus. The, the tone or the noise can stop in the ears of the client. Um, the uh, unfortunately, there is not a pill or a, a surgery that you can do to stop the tinnitus. Because like I explained, the sound is not in your ears, but the sound is in the brain. So it's the brain that is actually creating the sound from morning till evening. So if you really want to stop the sound with a medical treatment, you actually have to remove the brain, which is of course not possible. So the treatment that has a big success 
nowadays is a combination in which you try to mask the problem by um, increasing the noise from outside, inside the ear, so that is actually masking the sound inside of the, the head, combined with a psychological treatment in which you try to reduce the fear and the stress against that specific symptom. And uh, in that combination treatment, we have seen that about 72% um, of the tinnitus patients uh, are relieved on, of their symptoms. Would this be something that an audiologist would work on with you? Well, an audiologist can, can do the treatment, but they have to work multidisciplinarily in combination uh, with a psychologist. So, and it's not a quick fix, obviously. It's going to take a bit of time and effort. Well, I've I've seen uh, I've seen uh, clients, and after three sessions, they were completely relieved from oh, gosh, the symptoms. So it can be quite quick, then. It can be very quickly. It can be in one week. In other clients, it takes six months. But it it's depending on the on how uh, strong that psychological effect is already inside the client. And we, right at the beginning of the show, you mentioned working quite closely with the mining sector. And what is the situation there? Are the workers being given the correct um, e equipment, effectively, to to be able to work in the, in that situation without damaging their hearing, or is it? Are you fighting a bit of a battle there? Well, I think they they try, but of course, um, in in legislation. Uh, at the moment, what they do is they say from 85 decibels exposure, and you must understand that in the mine down there, and I've been there once, it's extremely loud. It's, it's, it's often 95, even 100 dB down there. So it's much above the, the safe level of 85 dB set by the government. But even that level of 85 is not very safe. Um, so... Workers wear hearing protectors. You try to convince them to wear their hearing protectors. And of course, we were not born with hearing protectors inside our ears, so nobody wants to wear them. So it's the first important thing is, how do you convince workers that by wearing their hearing protectors, their hearing 40 years later will be fine? It's the same thing with smoking. How do you convince somebody with smoke to not to smoke because, say, you might develop cancer later in your life? So the first important thing in the mining industry is to convince workers that there might be a problem. The second thing is that the mining industry should invest in good hearing protectors. And, um, and they try that. There are good hearing conservation programs at this moment in place. And the hearing coach concept, what you already introduced, what I developed, is already implemented in South Africa in several, uh, in several of these mines. But of course... A lot of these workers will also be exposed, not only during the day, but after hours, in other situations. So they will still develop noise-induced hearing loss and develop tinnitus. So because of that, a lot of the workers in the mines develop tinnitus as well. Well, you're listening to Health Matters on SAFM. I'm Karin Key, and this evening we're joined in studio by Professor Bart Fink, Head of the Department of Communication Pathology and Audiology at the University of Pretoria, and we're discussing hearing problems. If you have any problems to do with your hearing or your children's hearing, you can call us on 0892 10 2010, 0892 10 2010. Prof, am I correct in thinking the last time we spoke as well, we spoke about early detection of hearing problems in children and one of the things I think was it you was it you that was promoting the fact that children's hearing should be tested literally as newborns 
Yes. And it's not being done, or is it now? Well, not not uh, not on a full scale in South Africa. Um, there are there are projects at the moment where they try to approach universal newborn hear, hearing screening. Of course, it's it's it would it, it would be a dream at this moment that you actually can try to test 99.9 percent of the uh, babies born in South Africa. In certain provinces, uh, they really try to see as many babies as possible. Um, the 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 tools that we have nowadays. The baby should not raise their finger or the raise the hand or push a button anymore. It's it's the only thing is we are we have specific tools now where we actually can capture sound that is coming out of your ears, and by doing that we can say the hearing is fine. The test actually takes less than one minute, and you know exactly if the baby hears yes or no. So it's a very um, it's a very quick test. The equipment is not expensive, but of course the problem is how do you get to these babies? The other thing is there are not enough audiologists at the moment uh, trained to be everywhere uh, in South Africa. That's the problem. I was going to ask whether it was an expensive test, but as you said, the, the equipment is not that expensive. It's the professionals that would have to do the tests. There aren't enough of those. Yes. And... And for that reason, there is a, a, a tendency also by by the government to uh, to train mid-level workers um, in order also to help in the screening uh, and early identification of uh, hearing loss of uh, children in South Africa. Now, if parents haven't had the child tested through no fault of their own, but as newborn, what should they be looking out for if there could p- potentially be a problem? I'm assuming the earlier they get that child to a doctor would be better for the child. But what should they be looking out for as possibly indications that there could be a problem? Well, of course, it's 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 important um, from a sound perspective that you must see if your child re- reacts to sound because the first signal of hearing loss is that there is no reaction to sound. Because sound in the beginning as a young baby is a reflex where the child is actually turning the head left left or right to the sound source. Of course, if the, if the child is not blinking with their eyes or is not turning his or her head to the sound source, for instance, if you are using a vacuum cleaner or, or, or all these things, then it, it, it might give an indication. But don't feel scared from the beginning because a lot of children, when they are very young, they have the tendency not to react to sound. I did a test once with a very loud sound and the child was sleeping and didn't wake up at all. That doesn't mean that the child is deaf because that child was completely normal hearing. But in the beginning, an ap- a systematic absent uh, response to sound exposure uh, might give an early indication. The second important thing is that a child from one year old must start to produce sounds. When a, chi- when a child is not producing sounds or is not actually at one or, or two years old, not producing any sounds or not trying to say single words or two words, um, it's a very strong indication that there might be something wrong uh, with the hearing or maybe there is some other mental retardation. But at that moment, a hearing test is, of course, very important to do. Because how earlier we detect hearing loss, severe hearing loss, the better we can uh, actually restore hearing by giving the child a cochlear implant. 
which also then affects the speech, and it, it's a sort of a whole cycle. So the sooner you get the child to a doctor, the better for the child in the long run as well. Yeah, we have, we have completely deaf children now going to normal schools. Which is amazing, and it's fantastic that that happens. Well, we have Absolutely. Samuel on the line. Samuel in Limpopo, good evening. Uh, good evening, madam. Hello, how can we help you, Samuel? Yeah, I'm having that problem. It started last uh, around uh, September. Firstly, I just had a, a noise. I thought maybe it was a cockroach. You thought it was a cockroach but, uh, in your ear? Mm. Yeah, afterwards I found that no, that ring it is uh, in me. Okay, the ring is in you. Okay, what, what did you, were, you, were you somewhere very loud before it started? Yeah, it was very loud. It was you know, lightly loud and then it started um, uh, going up. Now I'm saying, were you somewhere where there was a lot of noise just before that happened? Yeah, but uh, usually um used to uh, watch the CV and then uh, uh, always I have uh, to increase the volume. So I thought maybe it was the noise from, uh, from the TV. Okay. So there was nothing specific. You weren't at a loud music concert or you weren't with something that was making a very loud bang or something before that happened. It just started all by itself. Yeah, it just started by itself. But I never went to any part or any yeah, this festival where there is this uh, High noise. Okay, Prof, this is something that just happened after, apparently, Samuel says, not being exposed to anything very loud. No, uh, the, the thing is, it also can start um, even weeks after the exposure. Um, it slowly builds up. So, actually, a lot of, a lot of clients do not know where that uh, sound is coming from. Now, the most important thing is that uh, people should not be worried the moment that they start hearing that sound. Um, the fact is actually that you should not focus on that sound and that because just by focusing on the sound, the sound actually will, uh, will increase, uh, where the sound level will increase. So it will worsen over time if you focus. So the first thing is don't focus on it. Um, the, the, the second thing is that you will never become deaf due to that sound. So the sound itself will not create further hearing loss or will not create a problem. Although he did say he's having to now turn the volume up on the TV because now he can't hear the TV because it sounds like there's a cockroach in his ear. Yeah. If that's what I, I suggest. If the sound is staying for longer, uh, longer than a few days, then actually I would suggest uh, to do a hearing test first just to see if there is not suddenly a drop in the hearing. Uh, that actually might uh, cause the, the problem because, like I explained, the first sign of tinnitus is actually the damage of the ear. So you first actually must go to an audiologist, test your ears and see where the problem is coming from. Samuel, can you get yourself to a hospital where they've got a doctor that can test your ears? No, but, uh, you know, uh, I did go to other doctors and then they uh, told me that, uh, no, there's no, there's no medicine this thing will stay with me forever. But when I'm hearing from you people uh, from the radio, I thought maybe if I can get the uh, cell phone numbers for the, for, for the doctors now uh, on the air so that maybe I may come and visit uh, uh, him so that he can do the test for me. No, he's at the university in Pretoria, Samuel. But you know, he, Samuel's actually looking for somebody that can do this test or help him get rid of this noise because he's been to the doctor, the, the hospital, and they've told him there's nothing they can do for him. So, Prof, what should he do? He's in Limpopo. But 
we can find an audiologist for him in Limpopo. That's that. Uh, I would if, imagine someone in the government sector, in one of the government hospitals. Yes. Would there be somebody there? Yes. Samuel, I do have your cell phone number. Do you have an email address at all? Okay, Samuel, I've got your cell phone number. So what I'll do is I will, Professor Fink will let me have the name and contact details of somebody that you can go and see in Limpopo that will hopefully be able to help you. And I will, I will send you an SMS on your email, on your cell phone. I'll be very happy for that, Okay, so we will, I will get that information from the prof and I'll send that to you. Okay, thank you very much. Samuel, good luck to you. I hope we'll be able to help you if your ears, because it can't be fun with that noise in your head all the time. Okay, man. Okay, we'll get in. I'll be in touch with you soon. Okay. Thank you, bye. Samuel. Bye bye now. Right off to KZN ZD. Good evening, well, ZD. Good, ZD. good evening to you, Karen. Hi. How can we help uh, you? Um, I'm just inquiring if the doctor can advise accordingly uh, uh, for a year uh, when you have wax in your ears. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the best way to remove it? Because uh, we were advised not to use a bud or not to use, uh, you know, we normally use the back of a hairpin or Ooh. back of a, a matchstick. Some some of us use the back of a matchstick, you know, which is very dangerous because of the sharp object that can affect your eardrum. So I'd like the doctor to advise. Um, that's one. And how do you remove wax in your ears? How do you, uh, uh, you know, how do you remove wax from your ear? If you've got a lot of wax in your ear, how do you remove it? That's one. Two, if you're a loud-spoken person, does that affect your, ear, your hearing? If you speak loudly. If, if you speak loud, does it affect your ears? Uh, I'm dying to know the answer to that, ZD, because I have that problem. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll both wait for the and just One more. One more. Okay. Is, you know, the, um, we have noise pollutions in, in the neighborhood. You know, people having a big bang party. Mm. And, noise, and we have this noise pollution with the, you know, when they have the New Year's Eve, you have this uh, big bangs and uh, it, it tends to affect our ears. Now, how do we overcome that problem? Speak nicely to the neighbor, I suggest. Oh? I think you'll have to just speak very nicely to the neighbor. Yeah, but they say it's a custom. It's a custom. They have to, you know, they have to do this sort of things. Okay. So well, it's let, difficult let, for you to change the religion uh, or, the, or the, yeah. the, the way of thinking. Let's just speak to the prof. Prof, we first of all wanted to know about uh, digging around in your ear. I think ZD wanted to know how safe it was. And if it's it wasn't actually, safe. It's actually ZD, um, yeah? Oh, ZD. Okay, sorry. Um, and then also, how do you sort that out if you have a wax build up in your ear? Well, the first thing is wax is there for a reason. Huh? Um, so it's actually produced uh, by little glands inside your ear canal. And it's there actually to protect you from um, dangerous environment. So it actually captures foreign objects that try to get into your um, into your ear canal. For instance, mosquitoes and spiders and all these things. You should not think about that. No, I was about to say, don't say that now. <laughs> but um, the the thing is, it's there for a reason. This the, the the second important thing is you have little hairs on the outer part of your ear canal that is actually moving that wax outside the ear canal. Now, when you are using uh, the specific ear sticks that where you actually where a lot of people learn their children to remove the earwax from the ears and so they go with this little stick inside the ear canal you are actually pushing the wax further than the little hairs inside your ear canal closer to the to the tympanic membrane by doing that you are actually creating 
um, uh, an, uh, a lot of earwax in your ears that will never disappear unless somebody removes it. So it's very important to know that actually the golden rule is do not touch your ear canal inside. Then the wax will come out automatically and then you clean your ear every morning, the outer part of your, uh, of your ear um, uh, every morning. And then that's the safest way. The moment that you are producing a lot of wax and a lot of wax get stuck inside the ear canal and you get what we call impacted wax, and actually the best thing is, is to go to an ENT or an audiologist because it's also falls within the scope of the practice of audiologists in South Africa. They can remove the wax in a safe way from the ear canal. Don't try to remove it yourself because a perforation of the tympanic membrane actually or the eardrum will uh, actually can create a lot of damage. Okay, the next question was, if you are somebody with a very loud voice, is that going to affect your hearing? Are you going to cause yourself noise-induced hearing loss yeah. by speaking loudly? I'm dying to know the answer to that one. Yes. What is important, even at the level that we are speaking now, it's about 60 decibels. You can listen to this sound level indefinitely without producing damage. So you should already produce a level of 75. You should really shout. I've never hear people speaking at the level of 75. 75 is the level of, let's say, uh, a lawnmower in, inside the garden, um, a very loud drill or something. So nobody is using that sound level to speak. So even if your, your uh, voice seems louder, uh, let's say that you try to speak as double as loud as normal, then it will only be three decibels more. So let's say I'm speaking now and I increase my voice level, that will only be three decibels louder. So to produce 75 dB, you need myself cloned and I need about 10 or 15 people like me speaking at the same time. So Zedi, you and I can carry on talking to our heart's content and nobody's going Thank to tell you. us that. We can. <laughs> so your husband will not become deaf. <laughs> I wanted a second opinion. Thank you. And then the neighbors, I don't think there's anything much you can do about that, I'm afraid. I mean, I'm no, surely... No, no solution. You can't complain of the trucks. No. You know, the trucks. Yeah. You can. The municipality does something about it. That's right. Yeah, but the neighbors, you know, it's All right. Thank you so much. Easy life. Thanks, but thanks for getting through. Bye-bye. Have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye, Bye-bye now. Off to Freiburg. Haroon, good evening. Evening, uh, Karen. Hi. Good evening, Professor. Great programs you you presenting. Thank you. How can we help, Haroon? Okay. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, this is not to do with the hearing but it's, got, it's related to the ear. Two weeks ago in the shower, that shower started spinning. I couldn't believe it. It's the first experience I've had like that in my life. I collapsed in the shower and I sat down. Uh, I crept out of the shower. I don't know how I managed to dry myself, when to fall on the bed. Uh, and I, I, I felt nauseous, you know. I, in fact, vomited a cup of tea, which I had uh, about 15 or 20 minutes before that. Okay, I lay down on the bed, and I started feeling a little bit better. I went to the doctor. He did a lot of tests, sugar, you know, diabetic tests, uh, uh, blood pressure, everything. And then he told me to stand on my leg, one leg, and close my eye and leave the uh, examination table. He assured me that he wouldn't allow me to fall down, you know. And I couldn't do that because I didn't have balance. And he diagnosed vertigo. Mm. 
This is the first experience I've had in my life. I'm 62 years old, and I want to ask the professor. He gave me Stuger on tablets. I took them for three days, and he told me to leave it after that. What I want to ask the professor is, what are the chances of this thing recurring? Because it was very, very traumatic. And these tablets, must I keep them with me all the time? If I get an attack, must I take them or what? I thought Stugeron was for seasickness or motion sickness. Well, I don't know. He gave it to me. He prescribed it to me. I suppose the professor will know okay. that. Okay. Prof, is vertigo to, related to your balance, your ears? Yes, uh, Often it's related to the balance. Now, the, the, the thing what you explained in the shower, yes. you must understand that by even any person in the world, when you uh, put hot or cold water in, inside the ears, yes. they will become dizzy. But, you and know, uh, Professor, I've been doing this for years and yes, years. I yes. don't shower with hot water. I don't shower with cold water, no, no. lukewarm water. I do understand, but I just want to explain that 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 that, that our balance system is stimulated by by water inside the ears. Yeah. So it actually stimulates uh, the ears uh, in, and if you put even a drop of ice water inside your ear canal, you will become very nauseous and will have symptoms of vertigo. Now, what you have, of course, is is clearly because the symptoms didn't disappear immediately, but you were for a few hours, you were no, sick. It was a few minutes, actually, about, th- say, half an hour. Half an hour. Yes. But when you went to the doctor, you still couldn't balance either, you No, said. no, no. You know, I, I, in the house, when I, I couldn't walk properly without holding on to something. Sure. But from my house to the car, my brother took me to the doctor. I walked myself. And when we got to the doctors, I walked from the car to his uh, uh, consulting room. Well, one, uh, of course, it's very difficult for me without seeing an audiogram and all these things yes. um, to, to give a diagnosis. The, the, the most uh, probable uh, diagnosis that I can give you is that it, it might be Meniere's disease. It was? Yeah, Meniere's disease. Meniere's, uh, Meniere's disease is, is a disease in which the little uh, fluids inside the inner ear, they are little balloons inside your yes, balance system, yes. and they got under pressure. And because of the overpressure, they start leaking. And these leaks produce the symptoms of vertigo. Now, after a few hours later, these balloons start to recover, the leaks disappear, and the symptoms are gone. Are gone, yes. That's that's Meniere's disease. Right. Is it a dangerous thing? It's not a dangerous thing. The only problem is that with each attack that uh, you get, the hearing also can go down. But for that reason, they often give you long-term medication in like order to try to reduce the chance for attacks. He's, uh, he's asking whether the Stugeron is the right thing or should, uh, possibly um, Haroon maybe should be going to see an audiologist. No, well, it's, or an if ENT it's an ENT or something. Yeah. Or an ENT. Um, mm. in, in most cases, if it's Meniere's disease, they actually give CERC. CERC. Um, as a medication, but Stugeron is also fine to reduce the uh, the vertigo, mm. but it will not stop the attacks. I understand. So I have actually I have to see an ENT. Possibly just to make check out what exactly if there is a problem, and at least yes. then you'll have the correct medication to take. Yes, well, I must say that it's a, uh, uh, th- on Thursday. It'll be two weeks. It's twelve days now. I haven't had an attack after that. That's good. It, it's Meniere's disease is often 
related to the personality of a person. Yes. If a person is very strict and if you have an assignment and you really want to finish the assignment within the next few hours, a lot of people are, are uh, uh, can develop Meniere's disease. So I Meniere's disease is also related to your personality type. So I sort of stress, a sort of a stress-related yes. thing? Absolutely. Are you, are you stress-related. It can be. Yes, yes, I understand. Are you a stressed person, Haroon? Uh, I think who, who isn't well, stressed? <laughs> <laughs> it's the new start of a new year. We're all supposed to be calm at the moment, apparently. Yeah, no, no, Lou, I, I mean, you know, it's, uh, if I am stressed, it hasn't started immediately, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it wouldn't hurt to go and have it checked out at the ENT That's just so right. that you so know. Thank you very, very much for, for the good advice. Good. Well, thanks for getting through, Haroon. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye now. Good night to you. Off to Mashadadorp. Aaron, good evening. Evening, how are you? Fine, how are you? Uh, I'm all right. Are you speaking with Aaron now? Yes, Aaron. How can we help? Oh, oh thank you uh, for your uh, conversation. Uh, the thing is, uh, me, I've got a hearing problem. In fact, I, I can hear only one, one ear. The other one, I can't. But I don't, I don't hear any. There's no noise. There's no noise. Okay. So there, I'm working with mine, as you discussed before. So I went to, for a medical checkup. You see, always uh, after end of the year, there's a doctor who is checking us. Then she told me that uh, my one ear is blocked. That's why I can't be able to hear well. But uh, I told her that uh, this had been there longer since I was born. I'm from Malawi. Okay, so you've and, been uh, deaf in one ear since you were born. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I can hear. I'm just using one ear, but the other one, uh, if I close this one, the one I'm hearing, I can't even hear what uh, we're, we're talking. So she referred me to uh, to doctor. She said I can go to any doctor or where so i'm not sure which doctor where can i go so i just want you to give me a direction where i can go and uh, to unblock this uh, right hand one prof well of course uh, there is no cure for deafness uh, there is no real cure for um so we can't restore the hearing in when it's only in one ear but the effects of hearing in one ear is actually first of all that you are you have difficulties with locating the sound. Where is the sound coming from? That's the first sound. The, the second. I'll come back to you. I'll come back to you. The second problem oh, is sorry, the fact he, he's actually. I think he's in some sort of a control room. And, I'll come back to you. I'll come back to you. I'll come back to you. Do you want to? Do you want to? Okay. Yes, you can go to you. Oh, okay. Well, we, are you with us now? Okay, Aaron. Yes, so There's a problem with me. I want to wake. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> I hope you're not in security and somebody needs you desperately for security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll try and help you. All right. So, as as the prof was saying, we, they can't do anything about the ear that was deaf since you were born. That that's unfortunately and not they can't fix that. But the prof was saying it's sometimes difficult to dis- decide where the noise is coming from if you're only hearing out of one ear. Prof, do you want to carry yes. on with that? Well, it's, it's, that's lo- localizing the sound is a problem. And the second uh, problem is the fact if you have somebody speaking to you on the deaf side, then you don't pick up that sound because your other ear is away from the sound source. So for that reason, there are uh, hearing aids nowadays that actually are designed to pick up the sound on the deaf side and actually transfer the sound to the good ear. So actually, so that you are not have that deaf ear, the ear is not recovered, but you will still hear people even talking on the deaf side. There are even little tools that are, it's a, they call it a bone conductor, which is built into the skull 
that picks up the sound on the deaf side and brings it to the uh, to the good ear. So actually seeing an audiologist is a very good idea trying to uh, solve that uh, blocked ears, uh, like the client, like the the, um, the client is uh, telling me. Prof, if I ask you as well, would you be able to give me some contact details for an audiologist that Aaron could consult with sure. in Mashadadorp? Definitely. Okay, Aaron, would that help you? Yes, yes, I'm around. Okay, what I'm what the prof is saying that he what he's going to do is to give me some contact details for an audiologist in your area that you can go and speak to because he says there are all new devices now that will be able to help you even though you can't hear out of the one side but there are devices now that will make it sound as if you are hearing out of that side. There's special new hearing aids that are available and all sorts of different tools that they can use. So I, if you like, I will send you that information. I do have your cell phone number, so I'll, I'll SMS that to you if that's okay. I can give you my email address also. Okay, I'm going to put you back to my producer now, and he'll take your email address, and I'll email that information to you. Okay. All right. Okay. Would well, you have any other questions, Aaron? Uh, no, 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 I don't have another question. That's it. Okay, that's well, I just wanted to him to refer me to the person who can try great. to check me out. Yeah. Well, we'll get that information and I'll email it to you. Just hold the line. Don't go away and just give my producer your email address now. Okay. All right. Hold the line. Thanks, Aaron. Right, so just a reminder, you're listening to Health Matters on SAFM. I'm Karen Key, and this evening we're joined in studio by Professor Bart Fink, Head of the Department of Communication Pathology and Audiology at the University of Pretoria, and we're discussing hearing problems. We have a little bit of time left if you want to sneak a call in, 0892 10 Many have come and gone, but only a few remain endeared in the hearts and minds of the people, not because of their skills but in the way they saw the world and how the world sees them in return. Challenges met with hopes and dreams of a better tomorrow. Because in the end, a true test of character comes from within. Witness another Africa's great. Tickets available at CompuTicket Outlets Countrywide. The Orange Chan 2014. From January 11th to February 1st. Don't miss it. Africa's home champions. Celebrate Africa. Health Matters with Karen Key. We'll be discussing hearing problems this evening. And uh, as I said, there are a few minutes left. We still have to catch up with Mo Ali at the soccer, but we might be able to squeeze another call in after that. So if you'd like to get hold of us, you can call us 0892 10 2010. And I'm hoping that Mo Ali is there. I think the soccer's just finished. They've just gone into extra time, and I think the extra time is now finished. And Mo is, a ch- ch- as I mentioned, at Chan 2014, the match between Gabon and Burundi at the Peter Macaba Stadium in Polokwane. And the last time we spoke, there was no score. Mo, any luck with the score at the moment? Fortunately not, uh, Karen. It's uh, just finished, and uh, although uh, Gabon thought that they might have snatched a late winner, the ball did go into the back of the net via the head of uh, Sanson Mbingui, but uh, it was uh, rightly ruled out uh, for offside, so no late uh, dramatic winner. It's ended goalless. It's a second stalemate of the tournament after the goalless draw on Sunday between Zimbabwe and uh, Morocco. And uh, to be honest, it wasn't the greatest of games, although the Burundian side uh, featuring an 18-year-old goalkeeper and a few more teenagers 
will be the happier of the two sides having held the more experienced Gabonese to a draw and more so because they are playing at their first ever continental tournament and Gabon dominated territory and position and they also had the better of the chances which uh, unfortunately for them they uh, failed to convert their captain and veteran striker the 36 year old Daniel Cousin who had spells with Hull City and Glasgow Rangers looked dangerous and uh, showed a touch of class by bringing the ball down nicely with his chest in the first half but saw his attempted shot smothered by the 18 year old Burundian goalkeeper Arthur Arakaza. Defender Burundian defender Edmund Moele also had two good chances with headers one which was cleared off the line so the young Burundian side will certainly be the happier of the two teams and they will be better for the experience gained in this tournament. In the earlier group D game it was the 2009 Chan champions Democratic Republic of Congo who beat Mauritania by a goal to know that goal coming via a 49th minute penalty converted by Eddie Amomo and remember tomorrow there's the big game in group A at the Cape Town Stadium between Bafana Bafana and Mali who both won their opening games on Saturday. Muhammad Ali for SAFM Sport. Thanks, Mo. Well, we've got, as I mentioned, just time possibly for one more call. And uh, Ismail's on the line from Ladysmith in KwaZulu-Natal. Ismail, good evening. Good evening to you, Karen. Karen, I'm 65 years old, and I've been deaf on the one year for many years. You know, uh, around about 1979 or so. What used to happen, my ear used to discharge uh, pus, and they, the doctors told me that three little bones are uh, they're fused together. And I can't hear on the one year completely. Prof, no. is there anything that uh, Ismail can do about that? Three bones have now fused together, apparently. Well, it's the same problem as the as the previous uh, client. Oh, was it the same thing? Okay. Well, no, it's not. The, 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 but the effect is the yes. same because one ear is actually not functional anymore. So it's actually not uh, transferring sound into the ear. So you have one good ear, one bad ear. So there is a big asymmetry between the two ears. So the, the trick is actually to capture the sound on the bad ear and bring the sound to the good ear. And you have uh, cheaper and more expensive devices for that, but I think it's very important to go to an audiological center or an audiologist who can do a proper test and actually present the possible uh, solutions that are existing at the moment. Ismail, did you hear what we were speaking earlier to Aaron about... No, organ- I didn't. Actually. Oh. I just caught you when I got home. Okay, because basically so. the prof was talking about all new devices and new hearing aids that can actually transfer the sound from the side that you can't hear on, which makes it sound almost in your own mind. It will sound as if you're hearing on that side, but you're not yeah. really. Yeah. Well, a very nice tool now is called a Baha. It's called a bone-anchored hearing aid. It's a little vibrator that they actually fix inside the skull and it's actually picking up the sound on the, on the one side and by skull vibrations actually is rooting the sound to the good ear. So actually, when a person is sitting next to you, you will still, even on the deaf side, you will still hear the sound um, of your uh, conversation on the deaf side next to you. Prof, now is it possible for me to go to a provincial hospital here in Ladysmith and get a hearing uh, audiologist there because they have an audiologist there? Yes, I think the audiologist there should be able to give you the same in, the same type of information. Again, they are also cheap, very cheap or cheaper solutions uh, to help you out. 
So, uh, what I have asked the prof, um, Ismail, there, is, there are a number of other listeners that have a similar problem to you, and we were going to get them some information about the devices that are available and also audiologists in their area at provincial hospitals. So, if you like, I can add you to the list and send you that information as well, if you like. Yes, can I leave you? I don't have an email, but I got my... If you can send it to me by SMS, it's fine. That's fine. We've got yourself. Oh, do we not okay. have yourself an Ismail? No. Can okay. I, can I give don't, my cell phone don't, number? Don't give it to me over the air. Just hold the line. I'm going to put you back to my producer now and give him the number, and I will SMS the information to you. I appreciate that. Okay. Ismail, hold the line. Thank you, and you have a good evening. Thanks, you too. Good night to you. Good night. Uh, Prof, I'm, unfortunately, we are running out of time, but it is rather exciting that there's so many new developments in this field that people are being helped. I mean, I don't think a couple of years back that if you couldn't hear out of one side that you would have any options as to be able to hear. No, it's 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 fantastic. Actually, the, also the field of hearing aids is actually developing uh, quite significantly. If you see a hearing aid in the past, it was big. Now it's, it's small. It contains uh, uh, directional microphones that actually can zoom on specific uh, uh, sound sources. Even if, you, for instance, if you go to a restaurant and you only want to hear your husband in front of you, these uh, specific electronics inside these hearing aids actually can zoom into the, uh, the sound source in front of you and actually ignoring all the people around you. So there are a lot of uh, develop a lot of developments recently and over the last few years uh, that actually makes the comfort of people with hearing loss a lot better. That must be amazing because I'm sure people with a hearing device going into a loud situation like a restaurant, it could possibly have in the past have got very overwhelming with all that noise. It was actually impossible because one of the effects of hearing loss is recruitment, the fact that sound becomes easily too loud. Mm. So with hearing aids, they compress the sound so that actually sound doesn't become too loud. So at the moment, people uh, with a hearing loss, with even with moderate, uh, not too expensive hearing aids, can actually uh, have a better life than before. Gosh, the things are definitely looking up. And I'm sure as time goes by, things will just improve. Definitely. And the one thing just that we mentioned halfway through, I think quite near the beginning, if you are the parent of a young baby, just please make sure that you keep an eye. If the baby hasn't been tested at the hospital, please just keep an eye on that child. And if there is a problem, hopefully there isn't. But if there is, you need to get that child to be seen by an ENT or a specialist as soon as possible. Well, my thanks to my guest, Professor Bart Fink, Head of the Department of Communication Pathology and Audiology at the University of Pretoria. Prof, thank you once again very much indeed for joining us this evening. It was a pleasure. If you'd like more information on hearing problems, you can contact the South African Speech, Language and Hearing Association on 86 or by email on admin at saslha.co.za. And you can also take a look at their website, which is www.sas.co.za. LHA.co.za. And remember, if you've missed any of these contact details, you can find them on the Facebook page, Health Matters on SAFM. And if you need any further information, you can always just email me, law, oh gosh, that was last night, healthmatters at safm.co.za, and I'll be able to help you with that. Gosh, I think all these different shows I do every night of the week, I confuse myself. Well, that's it for Health Matters for this week. I'm Karen Key. Thanks for joining me, and I'll be back with you again tomorrow evening, just after nine with Time to Travel, so join me for that. But right now, it's time for Stephen Kirker with some late-night music. Hello, Stephen.